0: Please. God's grace, mercy and peace be multiplied to each and every one of you in the name of Jesus. Amen. A portion of the Word of God that we're going to focus on today from Romans chapter 8, reads as follows, very familiar: "I'm convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's the Word of God. Please be seated. My dear friends in the Lord Jesus Christ, I bring you greetings this day from President Matthew Harrison, the president of our synod who... Uh, originally was scheduled to be with you today, but uh, a number of months ago, it came up that we uh, needed to have a meeting of the International Lutheran Council, a group of 34, 35 uh, synods around the world that share the same confession with us, and that meeting was scheduled for Buenos Aires, Argentina. Well, is kind of the other side of the world, uh, so uh, President Harrison couldn't be there, so... Uh, The main job of the first vice president of uh, the Senate is to take care of the colloquy committee. And the second thing listed is do what the president tells you to do. (laughs) So here I am. And uh, we get to share in uh, the word of God. And it's uh, wonderful to be here with you. I grew up in part about 25 miles north of here at the second of the Franconian colonies at Frankenlust. As my uh, father was pastor there from 1963 to 1980. So it's wonderful to be back here in the Saginaw Valley amongst the Franconians. Well, I need to uh, begin uh, by thanking also Pastor Brent for the opportunity to uh, be here and share with you in the Word of God. And he wanted me to tell you just a little bit about uh, what our Synod is doing. And you already had one example of that in. One of the missionaries you uh, uh, support with uh, James Neuendorf, who uh, spoke to you earlier and, and said thank you. Our Office of International Mission of the Synod uh, supports missionaries around the world. Our Synod uh, resolved in 2013 that by God's grace, we hoped to double the number of missionaries by the 2016 convention from 65 approximately to 130 by God's grace, we're almost there, and I uh, hope uh, by um, next summer that the Lord uh, provides. Uh, you see, around the world, and this is uh, also why President Harrison is in Argentina. Uh, many church bodies, some with whom we have fellowship, even others as well, come to us and say, "We're we're not looking for money uh, from you, but we need your help teaching." And that's what uh, uh, a major focus of our mission work is uh, all about. And uh, Missionary Neuendorf in the Dominican Republic is involved in exactly that. Well, in this country as well, we have the Office of National Mission uh, working on a project to plant more churches, uh, working with districts and also a major effort to provide for revitalization of congregations uh, that may have turned inward and need to see their, uh, their mission carrying things outward. Uh, you see, there's no county in the United States where more than half of the people go to church, not even here in Frankenmuth in Saginaw County. You have a mission right here to hurting And broken people bringing to them the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, The good news that's at the heart of the sermon series that you've embarked on called Believe. This week emphasizing that our God is a personal God who's involved and takes a personal interest in every part of your life. A key verse on the bulletin from Psalm 121 emphasizes this. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. For me personally and as a pastor, that proposition was never more severely tested than this one terrible week in July 1986. He's a pastor down in the St. Louis area. It began when uh, one of my parishioners, a man named John, 55 years old, keeled over from a heart attack. It kind of seemed old to me at the time because I was only 33. Now it doesn't seem all that old. It's actually in the rearview mirror uh, uh, for me. Well, I came home from visiting that family to find my wife sitting on the front steps of our house saying... Herb, you got to call this number because Mark, an 18-year-old young man from our congregation, had drowned on a canoe trip. And they couldn't find his parents. So I had to go out and find his parents and tell them. Well, the next day when I got back from helping them choose a casket for their boy, my wife was sitting on the front steps of the house again saying, Herb, You've got to go down to Wood River Hospital uh, for this young man, Bobby, 21 years old, was electrocuted. And so we had a funeral Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then the following Tuesday came word that a young man from our congregation who was at seminary and on vicarage had been killed in a weightlifting accident. Rick was 31, left behind a wife and two little kids. And the following Sunday, the appointed scripture lesson was this familiar verse from Romans 8, 28. God works all things for good. For those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I read the text and I said to the congregation, Oh yeah? Yes. Yes. He does. Even in those four unimaginable deaths. After all, what could be worse than that saturday before easter when the son of god himself lay dead and buried but god brought good from that by raising him from the dead so now, when we hear the Lord say to us, the Lord is good to all and he has compassion on all that he has made, or when the Lord says, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and to, not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope, the one who stands behind those promises, the one who makes good on them is the living Lord Jesus Christ, the one who was killed for us who lay dead in the grave for us, but who was raised again and is now living forever for us. Abraham and Sarah, even Hagar, whom you read about this last week, Hezekiah and Jeremiah and all the rest, all lived in the promises Jesus made good by his resurrection. Because Jesus lived again, the words the vicar read to us before are true. Lord, you have known me. You have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You know my thoughts from afar. You search out my path. You know all my ways. Yes, the living Lord Jesus is the one who said to us, you don't have to worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow take care of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the trouble thereof. But how do I know all those promises are really for me? Yes, I know God says these things, but where am I connected? Here we have something much more sure and certain. We have something God himself has done, something much more sure and certain than our feeling or opinion. Feelings come and go. But we have something God did. We're baptized into his name, the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God has put his name on us. God has marked us out and said, that one is mine. In Romans chapter 6, we read, Do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we've been united with him in a death like his, We shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. So baptized into Christ, you are united with Christ. He's put his name on you. That means our personal God has made a personal claim on you. Believe it. It's yours. He takes all those personal promises he makes in the Bible passages we read this week and he applies them to you. He makes you a part of everything Jesus has done. You see Jesus was baptized so were you. But here's the difference. You see when Jesus went into baptism he did it not for himself but for you. He was perfect but when he went into the water He came out covered with your sin. Also that when we were baptized, that every time we remember our baptism, we go in with our sin and we come out covered with Jesus, clothed with him. He receives our sin and gives us his holiness. He takes our hard-heartedness And pours on us his mercy. We exchange our turmoil and doubt for his peace. We give up our hatred for his love. Our dirty rags for the spotless robe of his righteousness. Even our death for his resurrection. For the scripture has promised as many of you as were baptized into Christ have been clothed in Christ. This is how St. Paul can also say, all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. We did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but we've received the spirit of adoption as sons, as children of God, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So it is with Jesus that we pray our father in jesus we are heirs of an eternal salvation an eternal inheritance in jesus we call god father for we are heirs of god fellow heirs with our brother jesus christ you know the lord's supper has sometimes been called the last will and testament of jesus you see he wanted to be absolutely sure of what he's done he wanted us to be absolutely sure of what he's done for us so he gives us his word this is my blood of the new testament shed for you for the forgiveness of sins so now when you come to communion in faith hearing his word this is my body for you you can remember you are in the family this is your inheritance a down payment on your inheritance. You are named in his will. For he said, this is my blood of the New Testament for you. You see, in the living Lord Jesus, our personal God personally claimed you. Okay then, why? Why do we suffer? Why is there pain? My guess is that this probably was uh, one of the most uh, common questions or uh, things that people brought up under, Help my unbelief. When is it most difficult to see or believe that God loves you and has personally claimed you for himself? When we're hurting, physically or emotionally. If I really am a child of God, why is all this happening to me? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Of course, uh, there there is suffering that is self-inflicted. If you go out and get drunk and run your car into a bridge abutment, you can't ask God why this happened. Sometimes suffering is caused by others, but most often suffering and pain just seem to come. But are you ready for this? Whatever their cause, suffering and pain are actually signs pointing to the fact that this world is broken. Broken by sin and death. And that brokenness is also a part of me. And the word of God also calls us to look up from our pain and suffering to see that in Jesus we have the promise of a new world in his resurrection from the dead. A new world where he heals every brokenness. and Takes it all away. So now let me ask. Do you think God is big enough, personal enough, Loving enough to do everything necessary to bring you to eternal life. Of course he is. That's what the scriptures meant when they said, if God be for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Got that? Okay, now let's make the question a little harder. Is God big enough, personal enough, loving enough, even to use our suffering and pain for his purpose? Use it to strip away from us all those things that don't ultimately matter because you see he wants to draw us to himself forever. Can he do that? Of course he can. And he's already done it in the cross of Jesus. This is what the scripture meant when it said, who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies them. Who is there to condemn? Christ Jesus died and rose. So in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And you can count on all of this to be true. Also for you. For in Jesus, our personal God has a personal stake in you. He put his name on you. He's claimed you for himself. I have a son, now 35 years old, who spent 11 years in the United States Army. Iraq, Afghanistan, the whole nine yards. And a lot of things happened, and uh, uh, in some ways, he drifted away. I talked uh, a lot to a pastor friend about this who encouraged me, keep on praying. And he asked, your son is baptized, right? Yes, yes. God put his name on him, right? Yes. And he asked me, do you think God will ever abandon his name? Well, no. He won't. And he said, your son may run from God, but keep on praying because God will run after him. And yes, he is. Yes, he is. Drawing him back. Our personal God has a personal claim on him and on you. This is also, by the way, what gives us the right to come to the Father in prayer. Praying in Jesus' name. The image of the text is that we kind of crawl up into his lap as a little child crawls up into the lap of his dad and calls him Abba, to ask whatever's on our heart. For you are children of God, heirs with Christ. You can bring to him anything in prayer and be confident he will give what he knows is right and best for us. What he knows will be best to keep you and to bring you home to heaven. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to give you an eternal future and a forever hope. What about those four young men in July of 1986? Well, each one was baptized into the death and resurrection of Jesus. Each one was a sinner forgiven in Christ living in faith despite the grief and pain they left behind they are each one with the Lord Jesus for our personal God had a personal claim on each one of them and now we also wait for the day when our Lord Jesus himself will fulfill his claim on us you see unless he comes back first we are all going to die But no matter what, either way, there will be a day when we will hear his voice. We'll hear him call your name and say, wake up, get up, arise, come and live forever with me. And in the meantime, he gives us today as a gift. Yesterday's past, forgiven, covered in the blood of Jesus. Tomorrow is yet to be. It's still in his hand. But today is his gift. And he wants nothing more than to be with you today. Living out our key verse. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. For our personal God has a personal claim on you. For you bear his name the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please stand. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.